Welcome to another episode of Thirsty Smurfin' Thursday. We are here to coddle your feelings, make you feel good about yourself, and, you talk- uh, and tell you... Oops. Do what? Are you going to talk? Huh? Are you going to talk nicely about my my microbes? Uh, no. Um, and oh. in fact, we're going to start with uh, uh, first. First, we have we've. This is going to be a fun one because we have a um, um, <laughs> we have a, a lawn care operator on today, and he's a Tennessee boy. And what? we know we know how Woo-hoo. proud I am of my state. And uh, so we have we have seen your lawn here. We have AJ. Uh, AJ, thank you for playing Howdy. along tonight. Um, I'm going to detour us real quick, and we we are going to. Um, I just I just want to take a moment to do this, and let me let me cut this, and um, I'm going to cut this right here, and I'm going to send this to J Pink, and I'm going to go on a tangent for a moment, um, <laughs> just because. Let me I turn can't. my volume down. Yeah, you might want to turn it down for a little bit. Um, because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait wait for this to come up here. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. J did you happen to see what I just sent over? J Pink may have. Uh, I see it okay. now. Oh, oh, one okay. second. I was rage just joined us. It's interesting because I was looking at this earlier too, Matt. Hello. Yeah. So I I want to uh, I want to um, go on a bit of a, a bit of a tangent here, and it it starts with bird dog stand here. What pisses me off is back in the day you pushed all these products. Now you dog them. And this is um, and then uh, Nessair. I would have thought Carbonex did their research before production. Not after I spent a few hundred dollars on F and charcoal sucker born every minute, and I want to talk about is is the 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 comment that this is left on is a video that says 6G in the biochar live right and <laughs> if what we were talking about in that in that particular instance is uh, biochar itself and bird dog what's amazing is that i know you have been around here for a long time for a long time you've been a, you've been around here and what i cannot figure out is how for the length of time that you've been here that you cannot differentiate between what is known as raw biochar and what is my gripe about that as an industry. Um, here is a simple study that I can show you. Uh, uh, I don't know who specifically, Ryan. I just remember the name. I've seen it in the comments for, okay. for a long time, and uh, I just I really don't know. Um, so to insinuate that we didn't do research beforehand, first off to the other guy, Eat all of my balls, okay? We're just going to go ahead and get out there because I spent years uh, uh, into this. And uh, and not only that, what we're just now seeing out of Minnesota, I think it was the other day, EV posted a video out of uh, um, uh, a chick, uh, an agronomist out of, out of Minnesota, that finally, finally, they have started talking about the different paralysis temperatures, the different feedstocks, and how it influences what you get out of the back end. Because depending on the temperature, depending on pressure, depending on uh, 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 biomass, you're going to get different zeta potentials. You get different cation exchange capacities. You get different anion exchange capacities. You get different porosities. All of these different things that you have to take into account when you're selecting which one you're going to use because each one 
could have a potential benefit in your specific situation. At the same time, if you pick the wrong one, you could actually create problems. Then what you can do is that you can pick one that is going to be balanced among everything that is probably going to give you the highest degree of success of having potential positive outcome for you. But how do you take away all of that guesswork? Is that you put it through a production process of homogenizing it with different things to go ahead and capitalize on the Zeta potential, to go ahead and take advantage of the anion exchange capacity and the cation exchange capacity and the porosity, and not leave it up to the soil to make that determination for you, which is exactly what the fuck we did at fucking Carboner. Okay? That's exactly what the fuck we did. We took that guesswork out of it so that way none of it would have to be limited to the fucking soil making that decision for you. So to say that I'm shitting on it now, no, what I'm shitting on is the fact that there's these blanket statements that are made that if you just apply biochar, it is going to work for you. If you just apply compost, it, will, it is going to work for you. And why we have such a hard-on for these types of statements, for the whole organic movement or regenerative agriculture or whatever buzzword of the day it is, boron for Christ's sake, is the fact that it's told that this is the only way that you're going to get good grass. Do you know how many people, just like the comment from Bird Dog, just like the other guy from Nedge, write into us and tell us that we are a bunch of morons because all we had to do was just apply humic acid. That's all we had to do. All you had to do was apply Miramichi Green. All you had to do was get a second mortgage on your house and buy all the carbonized PN in a 360-mile radius, and everything is going to go better. We literally had a guy on YouTube tell us that you should apply as much as you can afford. You never heard that come out of my mouth at Carbon Earth. You'll never hear it come out of my mouth now. And if I ever decide to recreate that, I would do it in such a way to take the fucking guesswork out of it. It's the same way I put together the fertilizer that's in Ryan Norris products right now. I took the guesswork out of it so the soil doesn't have to fucking, you don't have to worry about your soil risking uh, uh, having a, a negative interaction with it. Because we filled it with different shit. We homogenized it with different shit. We put it through an entire manufacturing process so your soil has no fucking worry about what to do with it. So both of you, both of you can eat all of my balls. Bye bye <laughs> All right, we got that out of the way. Thanks, Gordon. Okay. Falling back up. Uh-huh. All right. So, Ray, Ryan, this is AJ. AJ's out of, uh, he's in uh, uh, near Nashville uh, and coming in. Coming out of hell. Uh, mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how did you get into uh, spraying lawns and uh, how, did you, how did you get into uh, having your own business spraying lawns? Yeah, well, you know, just like everybody else, I needed a job. <laughs> I was married. My man. I just adopted my, my first kid. Um, so, you know, I was looking for something that paid some somewhere like a livable wage. Um, found a fantastic locally owned company. Um, worked there for seven years. Um, you know, super small. Uh, started out just me and two other applicators. Um, you know, we, we had six or seven employees by the time I left. And, you know, it was a journey. And you know, deciding to start my own was something that, you know, everybody's going to have the thought or idea every time they start something new, like, 
maybe one day I'll be doing this or that's why am I working for somebody else, you know, but starting your own is not for everybody. Um, you know, going out on, on your own, it's definitely not for everybody, but you know, for me, uh, I was working long hours and, and my mentor was fantastic. Just a terrific human being. Uh, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Um, but he didn't bring that same energy into the business side, but his love of turf grass was through the roof. Um, Equal or on the, probably higher. On the off than chance, was his name Josh Whitaker? No, I do know Josh Whitaker though. He's a sweetheart. I don't, I don't, I don't know him super well. He seems like a nice guy. Oh, he's unbelievably um, sweet. Yeah, but no, um, kind of, you know, had a bit of a mental breakdown. To be real honest with you, I was pulling crazy long hours trying to pump and grow and pump and grow, build efficiencies, yep. find cheaper, you know, sources of products. Fantastic. I I was doing a fantastic job, um, but you know, still wasn't good enough for you know what I was doing. So decided to start my own back in twenty one. Yeah. So in twenty one, uh, you you decide to go into your business for yourself. Let me ask you this: Which do you find more interesting? Is it the grass aspect or is it the business aspect? Or is it, is it ever evolving? So I do enjoy sourcing materials, finding the best deals, but only mm -hmm. because I like finding ways to improve my product. So I do a premium plan for my area. Not, not mm -hmm. as premium as you, Ray, but, you know, definitely more <laughs> premium than everybody mm -hmm. else. Um, so you know, finding ways to incorporate as much control of probable or likely events as possible at a price point that'll still get me a 30% close on leads. You know, that's kind of where I like to try and stay. Um, and that part is really fun for me. Um, the chemistry aspect, like self-learning chemistry, um, is also really fun. I never went to college, really wish I would have taken <laughs> not AP chemistry and, and immediately failed in high school. <laughs> but um, that is one thing that I do wish I would have done because it would have made things a lot easier. Because just like everybody else, you know, you think of an idea, you go to Google, you start looking for research studies, you start looking for, you know, interactions and how things work. And dude, if you don't have a background in chemistry, you're kind of fucked. I mean, you're just, you're, you're fucked. So, um, but I absolutely love doing the grass side, finding and sourcing and finding the best deals. I love, you know, the consultations with the customers, as long as we're talking about grass. You know, we all get the ones who want to talk about politics and personal life. And I'm just like, fuck you. You need to put a, <laughs> you know, a, a pop up on that gutter there, sir. You got a fucking serious drainage issue. No. <laughs> but, but, uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. The, um, I, I'll say this is that if I had to do it all over again, uh, I, I, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would not have gone to college, but I would have put a significant more amount of time into chemistry, way more time into chemistry. Um, I don't think you can know, you know too much in this line of work. You really can't. 
No, and I think about just like on a day-to-day basis, you know, like uh, stoichiometry that I end up using and just general, you know, acid-base reactions, double displacement, polymerizations, they end up just, you, you have to be quick on it to make it a reality. <laughs> Moving from iron two to iron three in order to be able to sequest iron three. It's little things like that, right? And And if you're not, if you're, you can learn it, right? You can, you can, and, and in fact, I think, I think, especially that side of chemistry that pertains to turf grass, you can learn that faster outside of school than you can inside of school. Now, what you can't replicate that you get out of it is going to be exposure to other people that are like minded like you, right? Um, and, uh, and then finding those potential professors that, uh, take a passion in you as well, too, especially in a smaller program like Turfgrass, right? I think it's easier to find uh, a professor that can become uh, impassioned by by you and uh, and and push you into into places that make you uncomfortable and uh, and challenge you more, right? And not everybody is going to have that experience. I can't say I had too much of that experience in college. I definitely did in high school, but not not so much in college. But um, I know that that varies. But at the same time, you know. You 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 think about uh, turf grass in 2008 versus turf grass now. Wildly well, different programs. Crazy. For what different. I do, like fescue turf, it's not well documented. I mean, turf in general is just not well documented for studies go. It's just infinite amounts of resources you know put to ag, and I get it. But for fescue turf, which is what we predominantly work with here. Um, School would have fucked me. It would have really fucked me. Um, based on everything I've read, you know, and I've taken, you know, some outside college courses. Um, but it's just something you have to learn by doing it with somebody who knows it. I mean, having a good mentor for fescue in the transition zone. I mean, yeah, you can cycle fungicides and you can put down, you know, your fertilizers in the windows, but God. How much, how much sulfentrazone can you use? You go out with the label rate, you're fucked, you know? But if you wait till it hardens off, all of a sudden, it's gangbusters, you know? But when does it harden off? <laughs> There's just so much to fescue. That's just not, not in the textbooks, at least that I've bought, um, you know? So for me, mentorship is really the, the best thing that could happen to me for getting into this industry. I mean, um, I think that's Demay. Oh, well, I was going to say Demay and Ray, both of you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you down a wormhole here. Um, the the aspect of theoretical and applied science, right? Versus, you, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, like what you learn in the classroom, and then having to translate that out into the field. Um, what was that like specifically to y'all? And I'm I'm going to say this too. I'm going to put this out here it, to to kind of coincide with that rant I went on to start the show. I am rebellious by nature. That someone tells me to do something a certain way, my first response is no, f you. I'm going to do it my way until I exhaust every option that I possibly can and realize that the person who told me that was probably telling me the truth and I should probably pay attention to it more, right? Case in point was I spent an extreme amount of time of trying to crack the code of figuring out what the secret was to growing grass 
that only the further I went along, I realized that there is no secret. It's, it's a never ending perpetual state of war with, with nature and nature always wins. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. War, yeah. War's a strong word, but it's a never ending battle. Right. And, uh, and you, and you can never get too complacent. You can, you can never get too lackadaisical about it. It's, uh, it's, it's just the, the way it is. And, um, and so what you have to do is just cave and start taking into account all the different variables that are going to affect outcomes and f- quit chasing the secret sauce that someone is holding out there. And I feel like it's an <laughs> industry right now. And the whole reason we do this show is because of the sheer volume of people that are, that are uh, searching out that secret sauce. If they feel like it's out there, it's, it's regenerative ag, it's an organic fertilizer, it's a hybrid fertilizer, it's... It's uh, it's uh, as much of this bag that so much afford is the secret you're 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 missing. Yep. Let me ask: as you went from classroom to applied science, what was that transition like for you? And did you find yourself in a situation where you were seeking out the secret versus, um, uh, just you know, a, it, it strict adherence to the rules of the classroom? Oh, Matt, for me. What I did was I took the science and then I have the ability to meld that with what I see in real life. And at the end of the day, I say the numbers don't lie as long as I am the one generating those numbers and they're not somebody else's numbers and my eyes don't lie to me those are the two things that i had to establish in myself and lastly matt you think you're rebellious who do you think's even more rebellious you, I, you, you, you're definitely rebellious, Ray. But I know at the same time that you're, you. Well, I don't know. You, can, you can be. You he's can a be methodical rebellious. Mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. gonna think real hard and have a great plan. You're just gonna yell and shout. I, and scream I feel like you are a better. You're on on a scale of one to ten. If I'm a zero planner, you're probably a ten. Um, and uh, and so mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm thinking about it from that contrast. But yeah, you know, you. Uh, you you definitely yeah, you will, see, will do. He's got a fucking trident. He, he makes shit happen. <laughs> oh, well, that was in response to a serious need now that I had absolutely no help with. Because picture this. In the 1990s, Hawaii got hit by southern chinchbugs. Prior to the 1990s, we never had that pest in this state, okay? And I remember the first time I saw the St. Augustine turf dying, I took that over to my plant pathologist friend at the University of Hawaii, and I said, what is this disease? I can't identify it. I don't know what this is. And then he said, Ray, come look. All the chinch bugs were crawling out of the square of sod that I brought all over his lab bench. And he said, you got, you got southern chinch bug. I know. And at that point, it was what to do about it. And then that's when 
I formulated a plan. I did my research. And then, of course, my research took me to how do they deal with this in Florida pre-EPA? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Death insecticide okay. they use Well, no, better. Do you all know what ethyl parathion is? Good, because that stuff is banned just about everywhere in the world because that shit killed people. Oops. But anyway, back in the 1950s and 1960s, they were gunning down St. Augustine lawns with Parasion EC or WP at the rate of about a couple pounds of that product per acre with strict instructions for everybody to stay off the grass for the next two weeks. Jeez. God. So they yeah. didn't have to try that. They did. That's exactly how they applied it. Oh. That came, that's, how, that's how the insecticides were applied. It was not Joe Numnuts uh, trying to spray a gallon per thousand out of a under-pressured flood jet nozzle and thinking that he's going to get good coverage of the turf grass. No. These men were sending it at 10 to 20 gallons per thousand square foot. And so that's how I operated the Trident. <laughs> and hydro seed, man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's... Uh, that's like an example of application of a theory running into some issues because back then I literally had no help from academia with the problems that I was seeing because the next thing that came in about the same time that the chinch bugs were raging was we had an epidemic of take-all patch. And the take-all patch proceeded to kill any area of highly maintained Bermuda grass or seashore paspalum. And of course, go to academia and they tell me, Gee, uh, I don't know. Go to people that are supposed to know, and they tell me, oh, well, you uh, can put the chlorosalmonil on it. And then, again, I did my own research. This is a very bad disease that lives in the soil and then proceeds to infect the turf grass through the roots and then proceed and then slowly destroy that turf grass from the roots up. So spraying daconil on the leaves ain't going to do anything. Oh. So again, I had to figure all of that out for myself. I mean, without what? the help of anybody. I mean, what? so that's... Uh, <laughs> Demay, I know like what you're doing now, obviously, that's not something you could have prepared for in school, 100%. No. 
Uh, no. So I'm curious to hear what what your transition was like, and then to go from that until being like, you know what, I'm gonna do what no one else is doing and do it. In a big <laughs> way. I mean, uh, so I think that uh, number one, from a personal perspective, I always hated school, but I loved learning. Still do mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, I think that. But you have to appreciate what school is there to do. School is there to teach you how to think critically. At least that's what it should do. And, mm-hmm. you know, from a foundational aspect is learn foundational science. We were just talking about chemistry, right? Like learning all the basic sciences and understanding, too, that science is never finished, right? That you'll never, ever be able to learn it all and that you'll always need help and know where to look and things like that. So I think that's important. I think then you have applied courses, right, that teach you the basics of turf grass science and how to then take basic science and apply that to the thing or the plant or the crop or whatever that you're most interested in and try to use that in a way to your advantage, right? To help deduce, you know, what might be going on or to help stay ahead. Uh, like, see, like AJ was saying here about, you know, trying to mitigate as many issues as you possibly can, right? Unless you understand the science behind something and how it's happening or what it might be occurring or what could occur, right? That's either good or bad it's hard to manipulate those situations in your favor to the extent that you possibly can. I think with, uh, you take that out in the applied world, I think AJ's right. You have to have mentors. And I think anybody, if anybody's going to have a good arc of their career or even shit, like I thought, I just thinking about this as, as you guys were talking was even the DIY folks that are listening to us, right? There are probably some people that connected at some point with a YouTuber or somebody like that. They were like, Oh, Hey, this guy that makes a lot of sense that, you know, I'm picking up on it. So whether it was, you know, asymmetric or symmetric and how it was delivered that started. Right. So I think you have to have a mentor to start somebody that gets you going and, and somebody you can rely on really in those early stages. And then at some point, if you're going to be successful, you have to transition into not only having a mentor that you can rely on, but having a network of people that you can trust. Right. Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. I saw this. I don't know what it is. Or people that call you and you give them advice back, right? It's it's not just, you know, always asking and taking. It can be giving too. And so um I think those, you know, those evolutions right from a uh uh educational quick, school right standpoint. Before I forget. Go ahead. Get the Discord guys. Like the the mentorship that you need is never going to be from just one person. If you're mm. an LCO if you're somebody who's a novice or a layman, as far as terms go, I am not, I'm not shitting you. Ray is 24 seven available. It's like chat GPT for lawn care. He will respond <laughs> in 30 seconds, nine times out of 10. And you can bet that that answer is more accurate than you'll get from damn near anyone else on this planet. And don't wear him out. He's not an infinite resource. He's a human being. But when you get that question, Easy. you have that you have that expensive client. He's the guy. He's always the thing. Ray, thank you so much for all AJ, you know, AJ, I gotta let you in on something. Do you, do you know why it seems like I'm always available? That is because I have no idea. Five hours behind. <laughs> because, because, because I'm six hours behind. While you are gone through yeah, your entire no. day and you're thinking, oh fuck, I fucked up now what do i do and it's at the end of your day i'm sitting Ray just down took his morning shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little more nice he's, i'm he's sitting i'm sitting down having my still. morning coffee huh 
I'm nope, saying you're nope, whipping nope, up pe- some pizza. <laughs> okay, whipping up pizza is probably what I'm going to be doing after this show. <laughs> okay, after this show because I, I need dinner. But then other than that, though, AJ, honest truth is that when a lot of us on the Discord have gone through the day or what have you, and they're thinking, oh, Lord, have I bollocks this. I have fucked this up. Then they ask me, and I have just started my day, and I'm like, okay, let's just take a breath, calm down, and think this through. Okay? Let's kind of... (laughs) And I think that's the... So there's that aspect of it, too, is there's, there's always going to be anxiety around what we do Mm -hmm. because you know there's so much that's unpredictable so much that's uncontrollable and you either accept that and work your way through you know the the tops and bottoms of the wave right of the highest of highs or yeah it's not going to be good i think the thing too that whether we have ever said it out loud or not but i do think that like what you're talking about here aj of in terms of you know, sort of this uh, offboarding of information, right? That, you know, you can only get through people just, you know, conversing and talking turf and things like that, that never is going to be in a textbook. I think that's part of the reason that we do this show. I think part of it is that um, we enjoy the uncomfortableness of like, not yeah. knowing the answer, or in some cases, you know, just trying to share what knowledge that we have or, or coax it out of others, right? Because there's all, there's always something you can learn. There's always something you can learn, even from, I mean, man, there's been some some real doozies on here as far as guests. Hold uh, up. <laughs> there's, still, there's a dark side. There's a flip there's, side there's, of this there's, coin here, sir. There's, there's half, listen, of, the, highest half of the lawn people I've met. I wouldn't trust him with a bag of fucking rocks. Wouldn't fucking trust him. <laughs> I wouldn't well, trust him guy. with like damn near anything. I mean, so this you know like the farmer style, like never left their town, these pretty people's yards. They somehow have a successful business. Those guys drive me up the fucking wall. I mean, oh my God. I mean, because oh, they just not- sling two, four D three way at half rate during the summer. Fucking send it. Can I, can I give you, can I give you an example of the, actually, Demay, can we, can we pull up this uh, quote that you that you shared here. Oh, uh, yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I, I love, yeah, I love this one. I mean, it's, it's been on here multiple. times. I've read but... this and I I died inside. Uh, it's this the is truth, though. It's you, you, actually yeah. you read this to me because you you shared it. No, mm-hmm. oh, I mean I, I share you share whatever. Uh, this is Doctor James Baird. Uh, for those of you that don't know, James Baird is like I don't know the Moses of academic turf, right? Like. Uh, it, but it was a very, very practical individual understood at a very practical <laughs> level what turf managers faced. And so his quote is this professional turf grass culture is one of the few areas of applied plant science where the ultimate goal is perfection, which is seldom achieved when reached. It is fleeting. Therein lies the ultimate challenge further upon approaching perfection in turf grass, the more evident the imperfections become, the more difficult and costly they are to correct. And therein lies the intrigue. So again, Gosh, the point damn. is, you, you, you're the, the whole point is you're never finished, you're never going to get there. And that's the thing that I think uh, we always used to get in fights, literal, like not like fist fights, but fights sick. with all the, the crop guys at, at ag school was like, you know, they're like, oh, turf, you guys are, it's like, 
dude, we're never done growing. Like you get to harvest stuff. You get to, you know, you know, go to the grain. Your season is over. Yeah. Yeah, Your season's over and and you get to start over. And that is why too, you know, Ryan, ever since you first showed me this quote, Mm -hmm. do you know how much this has helped me? No. Do you know how much this has helped me? That that you shared this quote with, do you know how much this has helped me? Yeah. This has helped me so much because I internalized this quote. And then after I've been dealing with somebody for two years, three years, five years, and they see any kind of in, imperfection, I can turn around and tell them, hey, remember what I said about people that develop a short fucking memory? I, I think okay. the other thing is uh, we uh, <laughs> last thing I'll say about the actual thing is we said that, you know, the, the, uh, the forage and crop guys, they only, you know, chose to get their dick kicked in for like six months out of the year. The turf guys chose 12 months out of the year. The animal science people chose every day of the year. So that was the mm-hmm. distinction that we had between all those folks. But I, I agree. Like the perfection thing, there's so many people, um, that don't show the ups and downs whether it's in lawn care whether it's on youtube i don't care what it is but like growing grass is it's not easy and i think so from a lawn care perspective especially as you go into those higher realms like what aj's trying to do here it sounds like is yeah you're you you know you're shrinking down the razor's edge you know smaller and smaller and smaller to where you know one misstep one wrong app whatever you know could be perilous you're dead Uh, and (laughs) yeah yep Mm-hmm. Then it's aeration yeah, overseed live time. Live by the sword, die by the sword. No, it is, uh, you know, and... it's so scary going out with like mm-hmm. sure power on fescue in July because every instinct in my body is telling me I'm gonna fuck this up, and I might. Mm. I might have went a week too early. It might not have quite hardened off yet, but it's the only way to control, you know, some of these perennials like. I mean, nothing's hitting Johnson grass, you know, nothing's hitting Dallas grass, but you go out there with some heavy hitting shit, makes a little sure power with some Pilex. That's a pro tip for you guys. Wait till July 15th, at least in my zone, you know, here, here in middle Tennessee, don't do it before July 15th. It'll, it'll be completely dead. But I mean, just even testing that shit out in my own yard, you know, I, I mean, I always get the shakes when I'm, you know, when I'm trying you know, trying some fun stuff out just because uh, I I got to look at that dead thousand square foot patch along in my yard. For the next <laughs> six weeks the first application <laughs> of every year, like it, it even years here. into it. Oh yeah, still mixing in my February. tank into my hand is shaking as I'm pouring it into the tank. You know, and I'm like, why yep. am I worried about this? Or you get this fleeting thought in the middle of March as you're spraying a lawn that like, I don't think I added that to the tank. Or what if I spray this and nothing happens? We just randomly will pop into my head. And for an hour, I will start dwelling on it that I don't now know why, but I've got a bad feeling go <laughs> that nothing is going to happen with this herbicide application. Why do I think that? I don't know, but it, it becomes overwhelming and you obsess over it and you go home and you're thinking about it when you're trying to fall asleep. I don't know. It's, it is. It really is the the industry in and of itself is strange, um, but at the same time, it's I don't know, addicting. I guess uh, it's so it's addicting. extremely addicting. Um, when I was making that sure power mix, 
it was so much fun. I burned holes all through my yard, like nobody's <laughs> business. Mm-hmm. But I got like a, I got a pasture, you know. So I'm like right up against the pasture, you know, like horses and shit. So I always have Johnson and Dallas just right there waiting to get sprayed at the line. So I kept trying different things. I found Sure Power and Quinn Clorex, uh, you know, combo mix. It worked okay, really good on the Dallas. Uh, but then Sure Power and Pilex just smoked the Johnson. And I've been running that for two years now. And it smokes Bermuda. It even does like sulfentrazone level damage to Nuts Edge. So, you know, once you hit that thing that you don't know is there, but you feel like you're close, that 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 drive to find it is fan. That's a fun ride. And, oh, and I'll say this is that, is. Oh, so many times we apply the mysticism of cracking the code of turf grass to fertility when in, in, in reality, you're going to get closer to that in the herbicide space than you ever will in the fertility space, right? Because is there, yeah. there, there is no code to crack in fertility, you know, it's where, where mm-hmm. we are with it is that we have explored just about every amino acid. We've genetically mapped plants. We have genetically modified plants. Uh, we have selectively bred plants. Uh, we've identified uh, various hormonal pathways. We have verified what is a macronutrient, what is a micronutrient. Now we are getting deeper and deeper into what influences the absolute bare minimum to maintain uh, a plant, even at a tissue concentration uh, to keep it to keep it thriving, right? And, and, and whereas before it's like, you know, we, we were establishing, you know, laws of maximums, right? You know, we know we can say with a hundred percent certainty that if we're at least here, everything is going to be golden. And so, well, then it's, let's find out what that is on the low end. Right. And so all of these aspects we've, we've done, we've manipulated soil, we've eliminated soil, gone to soilless growing medium to, to figure out, you know, how can we isolate for all these different things? You know, we've, we've grown grass hydroponically. I, I can pull up several turf grass research right now of hydroponically grown grass to, to, uh, to keep an eye on sand. Yeah. It's, it's literally, they're just growing it and and running water and with the intent of controlling every variable of, of, uh, of fertility. That's what Ray does to to watch. If I could do it, that's the best way to do it. If I could have fertigation ran on every fucking client with six inches of sand, dude, I would have, oh my God, Complete control, <laughs> domination, just perfect. Actually, AJ, I mean, as perfect as I can get. You don't, no, you do not need to necessarily go to sand, but then, you know, I have a couple of rules that are basically not negotiable, and one of them is regarding irrigation. I have to pass and approve the irrigation system in the lawn that I'm going to be working on. And if that irrigation system doesn't meet my standards, dude, it's Jill Ripper time. Okay? Yeah, That's I don't it. know how to do irrigation work, but I know exactly what no, you're you know what? I have far more problems no. from customers with irrigation than ones who don't. No, and you know what, AJ? That, in essence, I find is, well, everybody is looking for the magical yeah. bullshit in a bag that's going to make the lawn do what they think they want it to do. You know what? They look for that's that before not that they important. dial in their watering practices. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're, always, they're always after, oh, biochar or humic or kelp or all of this oh, other crap in a bag 
Yet at no time are they ensuring uniform coverage of water that is sufficient to replace the amount of ET that the grass needs. At no time have I ever seen anybody do it. And that's, and that's even with people that I know of in the business where they're busy doodling around with the soil, telling people, oh, you just need to add more organic matter to the soil. Well, you know what, sir? Real issue here is that you've got a craptastic irrigation system that needs to be addressed. You need that before you need uh, two tons of compost per thousand square feet. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You know, that's... And... <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, I was, I was going to say, you know, with... With that, I guess let's let's actually kind of move into your your business here, right? So, um, you you got into this in in two thousand one. You are 21. um uh twenty one. I said two thousand one. Um, that's funny. I had a joke there. I'm not going to say, <laughs> but um, you uh you you're you're in it now. Like you're 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 what I what I like to refer balls deep into it. You know, you're one is uh nerve-wracking as hell year two um you're having a lot of fun but um you know you're starting to feel like a chicken with its head cut off um and i i know the panic that can start to set in when you get for sure and when people just start calling all of a sudden and it's not like 10 phone calls then all of a sudden you start getting like 50 phone calls and it's like oh my god can you just stop calling me for 10 seconds i'm tired of my phone ringing um yeah taking taking all that into account and um where you are with your business now um where do you want what does it look like for you over the next we're we're, we're going to keep it simple over the next 2 to 3 years where do you want to be having experienced what you just experienced over the last two years? One truck, one employee per year for the next five. Our, 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 yeah, I've already got that mapped out. Okay. And okay. Um, with that, with that in mind, when will you exit the field? I'll only be doing new customers. So I do a consultation with every potential lead. Sure. I go over yep. all their drainage, their irrigation, not to the level that Ray does. I do leave them mm-hmm. with the video calibrate the irrigation. I'm just fucking done it. But that gives me an out when their yard looks like shit in the summer because I can't anticipate dry. I can't anticipate fucking whack. It's just chaos. So, but anyways, um, I'll be doing new customers. So you do a lead, you sell it service it boom done i'll also be handling all of the maintenance as well so the technician won't be doing any of their maintenance because it's a whole other can of worms left to open up and write shitloads of chapters in an employee handbook for something that they'll just have to learn over time you know um but i'll pretty much be in a hybrid Customer service, sales, new customers, oh shit, button as soon as I get the first client. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, and this is, I've, I've had people explain first to me so many times, and I, I want you to 
understand that when I say this, that I am the kind of person that um, I I am a much better employee than I am a business owner. And uh, and and if you if you if you looked oh, that as it, as it was just me, like in, in the corporate environment, I did really really well because there's already structure and systems in place, and then I can plug into it and then use all of those yeah. to my advantage. When it came to me establishing those structures and stuff, I was not good at it. And even even now that yes, I own a business now, but I have a business partner, and my business partner handles the business aspect of it, right? And then I can yeah. do. The part that I'm good at, which is focus on chemistry, uh, equipment modification, maintenance, you know, the things, the things that uh, are, are are pertinent to me that I get, that I get excited about, that I'm passionate about. Uh, My business partner loves to count money. And so you like, you know what you do that (laughs) and then, and I'll do this. You can stare at the bank account all day. That's, that's all I care about. So what I did to offset what I already knew was a flaw, um, so first things first, if you got ADHD like me, you have to automate everything. Mm-hmm. Get you a perfect CRM software that's going to work for you. Get you a, a bookkeeper, 100%. Get everything set up so your CRM connects to your QuickBooks and your bookkeeper connects to your QuickBooks. Have all that seamless. Have all your, have all your invoicing on credit card. Don't handle physical checks. If you have any propensity to fuck off after 5 p.m. Automate it all. Automate everything. You will hit a point where you're hitting that 40 hours a week in that first year. It'll probably be eight months in, nine months in, because it's going to be a breeze when you have no fucking clients. You're going to be like, oh, it's the best thing ever until you go broke. <laughs> you know, yeah, And you yeah, will yeah, go yeah. broke. Whatever savings you have, whatever you have, it will be gone. That's when that, you know, that's when that anxiety kicks in that you were talking about, Matt. I was able to offset it by just automating, by building redundancies into my system. Um, my CRM tells me if I haven't been paid. It tells me if I've, you know, sent it into QuickBooks. Then my bookkeeper can tell me, hey, you put this checkbook, yeah, you put this check in the system, but it didn't pop up in your bank account. You know, you got to build redundancies. Um, your CRM software for me. What, has what to CRM do, do you tests. use? I use Gorilla Desk which is a pest control, okay. not a TNO, mm-hmm. but it offers two-way texting. Mm-hmm. Two-way texting, you absolutely need to have, if you're trying to run an at-all type of large-scale higher-end premium service. You, ha- you got to tell the customer when you're on the way. I give my customers, I'm completely fucking whack compared to everybody here. So I offer one standard of care, and that's high. I do eight treatments a year. You get everything included. I don't offer any additional services. That So the only thing I do offer is aerating and seating. And you don't need that every year. So I send that quote out in August. I let the customer make that decision. But I'm doing a celeprin on every yard. You're getting four rounds of fungicides. You're getting, as a try time of seating, I'm pulling a soil sample when I do your first visit. Pretty much everybody's getting ammonium sulfate. Some people are getting like XDU or Uflex, whatever's cheaper at the time, you know, but I try to make everything as redundant and control as many probable pests as possible in my plan. Um, but 
from there, I mean, you hit your two and, and, you know, things start zooming. You'll get those days where, you know, everything feels wrong. You just worked a shitload. Your bank account's light and you're going to get 20 calls. You're going to get 25 calls. Half of them will be for lawn mowing. You still got to answer the phone, but you're going to, you're, you're going to have days when you don't answer. And that's when, you know, it's time to get help. Like talk to somebody, find you a business partner. If that's, you know, your thing, talk therapy. That's what I did. And then eventually you'll reach a point where you literally have, uh, that's where I'm at. And I'd love some fucking help because I need to hire an employee and I'm scared. It's, it's, it's all hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I charge a lot. I make a lot. Should I pay high dollar for an employee? Do I, do I do like a training rate? I'm, I'm going to be training them for two months before they ever touch the field, regardless of how qualified they look on their resume. I'm just terrified of hiring. My first you know day. what, AJ? Here's what I would tell you is if I were to get an, a quote-unquote employee, you're right. The first three months would be entirely educational and probationary. Entirely. And I'd be looking for the following things. One, there are certain things in that guy's, in that prospect's personal life that I'll be looking for. Number two, I am also going to be looking at the aptitude to learn. And yes, the last thing I would look for is, can this person comply with and carry out the systems, procedures, etc., that I have laid out. In other words, a common problem that I hear from other people in the business is they hire people and those guys, for heaven's sake, are always trying to reinvent the wheel when the business owner and the management has already figured out the best and most efficient way to get something done. Okay, I mean that's that's the kind of stuff that I'd I'd be looking at. Uh, however, that's not relevant to me because, yeah, as far yeah, as I you already know, got it. I, no, I, I'm creeping near retirement. Okay, I'm creeping you know, near it, retirement. Yeah. I'm, I, there's there's <laughs> something you know. I in my I've I've always said, and this is hindsight 2020 that, um, you have. You have you have really two options, right? Your your first hire is either going to be someone that, and and I think it's imperative that it becomes the same training methodology. You know, Ryan, you and I were talking quasi something about this on the phone the other day about yeah, you know, your 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 first hire being someone that when they answer the phone is versed in turf grass, has a perpetual smile on their face, can solve the problems on the back end, book end, software end of the business, the business management aspect, um, and give enough of a um, qualified sounding answer of, um, you know, if it's something simple like, hey, uh, there were just here, 
when is it safe to let my dog out? And they can give the general answer that as soon as the application is dry, you're going to let your dog out. How long does that typically take? Within an hour, you're going to be good this time of year to let the dog out. Perfect. Saves you the hassle of dealing with it. They're able to handle it because they've got just enough to be able to handle that. Or if it's something like, hey, um, I applied this product. I've got people coming over this weekend. What, what, what concerns do I need to have with them over there? And they're like, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a note for you. And then when we get the opportunity to call you back by the end of the day, we'll reach out to you and let you know if there's anything of concern that you need to be worried about. Right. Super simple thing like that. If, if I had to do it all over again, I would have, that would have been my first hire. And in my opinion, that anyone who likes being in the field, that should be their first hire because that person um is 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 all of a sudden becomes the representative of the business right where you get to be the face right you go out you close the deals you close the sales the hustle aspect of it right you solve the problems and they take care of the shit that keeps money rolling in that you don't have to worry about right you got a bookkeeper yeah. that's handling the financial side of things and then and you've got someone that's just taking the the things that induce anxiety off your plate. For me, it was my phone ringing in a perpetual state. I had no idea how psychologically cr- crippling that was going to be until I'm in the throes of it, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and, and when you get, when you legitimately get 40, 50 phone calls in a six-hour period, it is numbing like like you begin to detach from reality and just and just you're going through the motions at that point and and you're like i'm gonna hide this in my glove compartment and i'm just gonna go spray lawns because that's what i know how to do and and i it's i'll have to sort it out some other time i do not want to deal with it right now um yeah because because it it literally brings on that panic yeah it's terrible it's terrible um but, you know, like you said, you know, with, with the bookkeeper and automating that process, because there's nothing that sucks of working like this time of year, it gets dark outside at nine o'clock. There's nothing that sucks worse than getting in at nine o'clock, taking a shower, saying hey to everyone in your house, and then you've got to issue invoices for the day and you're going through everything. Something isn't, isn't calculating right. And then, and then. All, all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, well, it's midnight, one o'clock in the morning. You got your first appointment on a yard at eight o'clock and you're like, God almighty. Ugh, it's just that you just again, adrenaline depression. in the spring, you get, you get through in the <laughs> spring and you're, you know, like it's fucking spring. Ah, I've been in the winter all along and hyped up, you know, and then, and then by the, by the time it's, it's July and you're like, Oh, I'm sick of it. When can I stop? When can I stop? or especially in aeration overseas, as soon as I finished aeration and overseas and I had that one app left, like that was the darkest time for me. It's because you're, you're completely out of sunlight to do a one month app. Yes. Yes. The the sun feels like it's never out. It's gray skies all the time. And you're so put out. Yeah. You just dumped from aeration. Money doesn't, I've got so Man. much in my bank account. You're just like, what the fuck's in the house? I'm like, oh. it's not, I just oh. want to not work. Yep, yeah, been there, 100%. I, I, stuff, I, man. Anyway, I, I, I harp on that just to, I know there's people listening right now or that will listen. They're going to think, um, oh, I can't wait to get into this. And I think that you have to think about that from day one. You have to put that in somewhere in your brain so when it happens to you, that you at least can know that I am not the only one. 
you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. It won't always be this way uh, because otherwise you, you'll literally drown yourself in the misery and it can make you a legitimate, miserable person. I've watched many people destroy yeah. marriages over it. I've seen many people wreck themselves financially over it. I've seen many people just wreck themselves, period, turn to alcohol, yeah. drugs, whatever, because of the pressure. And, and this isn't even just lawn care. This is just business ownership in general, period. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, not being mentally prepared for that pain point to set in and then figuring out what to do with it. So anyway, yeah. Demay. No, if I had... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Demay, Demay looks like he's got creepy crawlies on his shoulder right now. What? In, in a good way, in a good way. <laughs> like you, 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 you look like you got excited you when you, when you, when you heard the, uh, you kind of the talk there. What, what, oh. what was making the hair stand up on the back of your neck? Oh, just, I mean, it, it, it's all, it, it's all real talk. And I think that's the thing that, uh, yeah, I think you have to lean into, building it you know it's easy to go out there and hire a tech and say oh yeah you know now we got two and we could double our business and it, it, all you're doing is doubling your problems like that's it yeah. you're mm-hmm. not you, you are not mm-hmm. making things easier on yourself so like i i'm in full agreement with matt that it you know and the other thing i'll say is this too is it, I'll, I'll i'll throw this question back out who says that you need to go from one to two what if you qualified Nobody. better what if you qualified better and you got better customers that weren't shit bags and you had a hundred percent of people that you're like, you know what? I'm happy to show up at that person's house. I'm excited to get there and do what I love to do on their property. I don't think that's a bad business I en- model. I enjoy the business yeah. now, but when I'm 40, 40 year old me, 40 year old me, I just want to play fucking golf. I don't even know how to play golf, but he might want to. Well, I and I, that's, that's the stra- that's the thing too is is not necessarily exit strategy but like growth strategy. I mean, I know I know guys that are in the business that are millionaires that hustled their ass off and grew smartly to where there's the point where they're, you know, in their 50s, you know, maybe late 40s and they don't work a whole lot, right? They have people that run their business because they put systems in place and it's just like you. It's very simple programs and that doesn't necessarily mean low cost cheap uh ineffective half-assed anything like that it's just they say hey i know like you right i know this works on tall fescue in the greater nashville area and by golly eight nine times out of ten we're gonna have a good season and if we don't wear eight and overseed we'll start over again and we can explain that we can talk about that why that happened right and yeah i don't know i i think it's all about like this this influx of private equity money of these PE firms coming in, I think has really just like warped everybody's sense of like what you can do. And everybody's like, man, I'm going to get like two to four X multiples and I'm going to blow this motherfucker <laughs> out of water. It's like, yeah, you're selling, no, you're selling, you're selling a customer. You're selling list. a job. You're, you're selling, selling a job for somebody you're selling a customer list and some fucking trucks, dude. Like, come on, let's be real about this. Right. The people that really yeah, scale no. it up and the people that get bought out by that are, leaps and bounds ahead and most of those guys i'll tell you what like the the people that i see that are in that that boat the majority of them are not and i'm this isn't to be to be disrespectful but they're they're really good to good enough turf people but you know the things that they are are incredibly disciplined incredibly thoughtful and smart about how they're going to approach you know marketing sales 
customer retention, those big things that continue to drive business and just churn their way through cash, you know, and all those things, right? I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. I think you could be smart and turf and just do what you love. And again, like you said, you get to a certain point where that's no longer feasible from a physical standpoint, maybe. But that's where, yeah, you start to bring on people slowly. So I guess the point there is that, you know, is it that the phone's ringing off the hook? Maybe hire you an, hire you an answering service, right? And you pay somebody. I, I was, yeah, I've done that. This. Yeah. yeah, I mean. So uh, for my business say, hey, plan, I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm just real hesitant about the next step. So currently I'm pulling 80-hour weeks, um, making great money, best money I've ever made in my life. but I've, I've reached the point of there's no more automation I can do to streamline this any better. I can cut routes that are less efficient, but that's really the only method I have to increase efficiency at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew I'd be crunched for a couple of months this year based on growth last year um, before I could have the, you know, the capital to buy a new vehicle you know, have that two month training wages saved up. Um, and, and, you know, I've done everything the way I planned it back when I was, you know, still working at that, at that small, you know, at that small business. So I do low volume right on applications. I got a sweet little ramp rack on an F250. Um, everything, I buy is labeled legal for low volume applications. Um, you know, got a hundred gallon nurse tank dialed in my backpack sprayer to run the same rate with a, you know, like a boom tip um, as what comes out of my ride on for yards that aren't accessible. Like I, I can zoom through properties, um, but the sales, sales take on average an hour and a half. That's just drive time, talking, scheduling. Um, and and that that eats into my business more than anything else. But it's the most profitable. You know, I this is a subscription service. That one customer could be, you know, fifteen hundred dollars a year for the next fifteen years. You know, like that's a lot of money uh, for an hour and a half's work. Um, you know, to at least guarantee that you know that kind of money coming in. So I either need to hire somebody or I need to cut some clients at this point, but I'm, I'm going to try hiring. I just absolutely terrified of that, of that, of that first hire. Why? Okay. Because what, what if I of what? for a month? What? Okay. What's the, I was and then say, I waste let, it. Let, all right. So this, there's this whole sitting and there's, there's, I don't know if this is Tony Robbins shit or what it is. I can't remember books, tapes, all that kind of stuff, but uh, fear setting is what it's called. Right. So you think about the worst possible outcome that could happen, right? Let's say you hire the wrong person, right? So don't worry about what that looks like and how bad it is. I'm at, my question would be like, what would it take to get you back to whole in that case? Whether that's financially, work-wise, do you start over, you try to hire again, do you uh, stay profession, professionally single for the rest of your life, you know? No, um, I would be whole in six months, even if that motherfucker went out and sprayed a bunch of Roundup on yards. You know, I got, I got the nice insurance, like I'm good. It would definitely slow momentum on leads and, you know, growth. And that would take a few months to bounce back from. And then of course I'd lose, you know, all the wages I'd spent on them. Um, 
So you're right. I'm not really terrified of it. It's just something I've been going over and over as I get closer. Inevitably, it's the end of this month is when I'm trying to hire somebody um, of like, is this system you've built really as efficient as it can get? You know, I'm starting to second guess myself. Do you really need to hire somebody now? Do you have money in the bank? Do you, you know, have you really thought about, you know, blah, 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 blah. This keeps going on. Um, but, you know, regardless of hiring somebody, I got other questions too. So. And I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to turn this over to questions. There's two, two, two things. I want to make a point. I want to ask a question and then we'll turn this over to your questions. Uh, number one, a point is uh, David Clausen in the chat here had something that is, it took me, I still, I still grapple with this every day. And I have to tell myself one phrase that became the backbone. And actually another person in the discord told me this and it rings with me. Um, the, the the statement that David Clawson said here is people will do more to avoid fear than gain pleasure, right? And and we think about that in the business aspect. We will scare ourselves out of making decisions rather than making decisions mm-hmm. uh, that we know will be towards the benefit of the of the of the business, right? And there's of course a risk reward yep. ratio, but that's why we think about it to begin with. That's where we put together a plan. And then the last part of of it is. Um, and, and, and this is exactly what, uh, LW 50 in our discord shared with me was, it was a, a startup guy who said that the, the difference between a business that succeeds and fails is relentless execution, relentless execution. And that means whether you're executing to failure, whether you're executing to success, whether you're executing a plan, it's relentless execution. It's not buying your way. You go at it with a mindset, and I think about it, in manufacturing, just like I did in lawn care. How many times have we get stuck in lawn care because I would think, oh, I just need to buy this piece of equipment, right? And and yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I would get holed up because I'm like, oh, I'd like to sell that job, but it is going to be such a grueling job. And if I just had this piece of equipment, and then I start trying to justify it to myself, like, well, I only have one now, but I could offer it as a service. But then I got to build a marketing plan for it, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, well, maybe it's, ah, I'm just going to let it go, right? And it's because I did not relentlessly execute. Say I did buy that piece of equipment, but then it takes me six months to build the marketing literature, to build it into my repertoire, to be able to offer it as a service. That six-month gap is not relentless execution. It's like, okay, if I'm going to commit to buying it, I'm going to commit to making it a part of my business and put it to use because the longer it sits idle, the less money it's making me relentless execution. Same thing now that I'm on the manufacturing side of this business. How many times I've been in situations where my business partner and I, we have an idea and then we're told that, well, if you just bought this piece of equipment and we'll intentionally stall, we'll stall something until that piece of equipment comes only to find out that that arrives. And it's like, well, that was good, but to make it perfect, you need this, right? It's like, no, I'm tired of signing the front of checks. I need to sign the back of checks. How do I sign the back of checks? It's to relentlessly execute, relentlessly execute. And sometimes it sucks. Sometimes that means you have to put the grind on, but you have to relentlessly execute. Whatever that decision is, you go at it hundred percent. That, that in mind, I, that always just rings with me. And it, Oh my God. It, it just no, that's me. So freaking fantastic advice. I mean, the, what what I wanted to ask you though is um you should step that uh, 30 second clip there that's a that's a <laughs> motivational piece right there for sure 
Yeah, it's making notes. If you had looking at your your business right now as a whole, uh, as a whole, where you came from to where you are now, what would you identify mm -hmm. as your biggest problem, and what would you expect to happen if you if you solve it? And how quickly can you solve it? What would be my biggest issue now? Um, Probably boron. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, the biggest issue now um, is not setting up a employee handbook when I had downtime, not doing the things to prepare for this year, last year when it was slower, uh, not having the forethought for systems that I no longer have time. Um, I do things at night. I pull really, really long hours, hardly see my kids. It's real frustrating. It gets a little sad here. Um, yes. But when I get things going, when I get a really long night, I wake up and I pull an incredible day and, you know, I have all these fantastic customers and I really do have fantastic customers and, you know, they leave me a review. Oh, my God. It makes it all so worth it. Um, but that would be my biggest thing. If I were to have a straight week off right now and enough coffee. And I could get an employee handbook done, like full on breakdown of systems so that I could have them go over that as, you know, like after the work day is done, I would feel infinitely more confident in myself going into aerating and seating, uh, which is the goal to have them at least in the month of October operating a separate rig. Um, How how long does it take you to drive? Like, what's your least efficient route, your most efficient route, like drive time between stops? Random question. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. I've got one route that is just because my margins are so high, I still make good money on it. But, you know, 45 minutes to the first stop, I got two out there that are close, five minutes apart. And then I go 20 minutes away to the next stop. 30 minutes away to the next one. And then I got five. Um, and then it's an hour and 20 minutes home. Perfect. All right. I just, I'm going to solve your problem for you. Are you ready? You're going to cut that route. No, 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 Okay. No, no, no. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a link in the discord. Have you ever heard of a person called a virtual assistant before? Know what they are, what they do. They, they answer phones for you? Yeah, they answer phones for you, but they can do a lot of other things. So, all right. So, a similar thing. I, I, I have the same phobias that you do with, you know, SOPs, things like that. And if there's a process or uh, a, a string of things that I want to document, you know what I do? I have a shit ton of windshield time. I drive 45,000 miles a year, typically. Something like that. Going from project I'm to project. I'm at 35. All right. Yeah. That's good. Those are rookie numbers. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding no the point is, is drive fun, 180 a day. my taxes are sweet just from that <laughs> all right so here's so here's what i need you to do though is i'm not going to say you have to use this guy there's other ones you can use but here's what you can do you can pay these people relatively low for especially for what you're going to gain out of it right the roi is super swift and all you're going to say is hey listen i'm going to break down how we fill a backpack sprayer i want you to jot this down and i want you to put it in layman's format because they don't know turf and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it's not going to come out as a way that a turf person is going to read it you can always go back and that's what i do is i kind of 
take their what? format they put it in and jazz it up and I, all i'm doing is sitting there driving just talking all right paul here we go i'm going to break down you know uh how we calibrate uh, uh our our ride on spreader here's step one step two step three Sometimes I get them out of order and I screw myself up. And when he sends me the word doc later on that day, I'm like, oh shit, like four should be over here and three should be down here and reverse stuff or add some more technical terms that, you know, maybe he missed that I want to have back in there. But, you know, oh my it, God, it takes me, it takes me like 20%, maybe even 10% of the time to go back and edit that document in such a way that I want to have it. And we already have a format that we've agreed on, like, hey, like, this is how it's going to be, you know, bullet pointed or, hey, you know, I've got a picture of this. I want to throw that in there. Can you format that in there? Yeah, cool. I'll text it to you or I'll email it to you here when I get to the next stop. Boom. Done. And you could literally write that handbook in the next month. Easily. No problem. And, and you might spend... I want to challenge you to do one more thing, too. And I, I think this is important. And I, I, I think the the three of us here can uh aggressively champion this i challenge you to take that one week off and remove yourself between now and aeration overseed time whatever you have to do again this is just going to parlay right into that relentless execution you've got a way to solve your sop issue Whatever it takes, even if that means you have to send an email blast out to your customers to say, I have to take a week off because this is my beautiful family and send a picture of your family and say, there is going to be no service this week. I will be unreachable and take that week off. Let me tell you right now, as a human being, as a dad, as a husband, if any service provider that I do business with sent me that as a contact, I'd be like, I bet that guy needs it. And it would anyone yeah. who's in any industry across anywhere in America right now, especially right now, especially this post COVID since COVID, the weirdness over the last four years that everyone has been living in. No one is going to question that. And I swear to Buddha, if they, if they say to you, if they say to you, well, that's just unacceptable by all means, call them and tell them, to lick your taint and eat your balls. By the way, Matt. Yeah. You know what, AJ? I can tell you earlier this year, I terminated somebody that. Not killed. My first sign of trouble. Just to be be clear. Just to be clear. No. I his ass. (laughs) No. Actually, my first sign with this person was. They had a horrible issue with the fact that I took off for one week in October. Okay? They had such an issue with it. And then uh, it just snowballed from there. But then in any case, my sign was the fact that this person said, you were not here last week. Well, I fucking told you that I wouldn't be here last week. Okay? I told you. But you hear what you want to hear. You see what you want to see. We're done. Bye. Yeah. You're like that's, that's as easy on Discord, man. That's what you should have told him. No. No. That's how easy it can be because, you see, 
Otherwise, now, AJ, understand this. I do not have an off-season at all here. None. When everybody's having yeah, Thanksgiving turkey. Very temperate. When everybody else is having Thanksgiving turkey, guess what I might be doing? Yeah, they're cutting grass, spraying. Spraying. Yeah, a lot of spraying. And when everybody is enjoying Christmas, what am I doing? More of the same. Yes. Yes. Absolutely yes. So... Having said that, uh, there are times, and this is something that I've internalized as well, in that there are times when I have stepped away, and I do it rather regularly. It is called a me day. It is called a take care of business day, etc. But it happens. Because you know what I tell people at the end of the day? Your goddamn grass is still going to be there tomorrow, okay? It's still going to be there. It's not going to run away. So don't act like it's going to run away. And if you think it's going to run away, then uh, we basically don't understand each other. Yeah. Okay? I mean, that... that... There's just, nothing easy huh. about about being a business. What, what in this? I could go on a tangent about what frustrates me is that so many so many people overlook it, right? Like and and you know, point at it and and uh, and talk about how great it is. Oh, it must be wonderful. It must be whatever. They're like no, no, no. You have you have no idea the type of self torture <laughs> that you undergo all day every day. Sometimes it's not self torture. Sometimes it's uh, it's uh, environmental culture. Sometimes it's uh, uh, whatever. But the, you shame yourself a lot as a business owner. You're always yes. telling yourself how you could have done stuff better, or like, I don't know how many millionaire clients I've lost because I said the wrong thing, or you know, I had to double back on things and gave them the wrong price. It, shit happens, but you know, you got to let that, you know, water off the back. Oh, it's 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 what, almost what impossible. It, like cool. I, even up yeah. until up until my last day of treating lawns. Whenever I had a, a a customer cancel with me, I took that shit so personal, so personal, and it was it was so many times like on the tip of my tongue of writing some of the most horrific emails I have ever sent in my entire life. <laughs> a few of them I sent, a few of them I didn't. Right, and it would it would be that my ability to admit what I did wrong, and a lot of times it's hard for me to admit when I'm wrong, especially. I get so opinionated about things. I joke that my ego is, you know, the bigger than what this planet has to offer. And I'm not kidding is that, especially when I think I'm right about something, or if I am right about something I'm, and I'm accused of being wrong about it, it, uh, it, it gets into my crawl to no end. And I forget, like a lot of times it's very difficult for me to remove myself from a situation and be like, well, it didn't cancel me in reality because of whatever they said on the phone it could be financial. They could be in the middle of a divorce. Uh, an immediate family member may have just died. They may have just been laid off. They may have just been fired. They may have had an employee cut a hand off in a piece of equipment that had to be airlifted. You don't know. And it would be so difficult because I would take that, that, that canceling so personally that it would be impossible for me to look at any other aspect other than 
um, you, you know, I've got to get off my mind the most horrific things that are going through it right now. And it's, and that's a tough place to exist in. And I, I don't think it's, it's nothing that's ever going to come easy. Like, Ever. Now, mm-hmm. the, the further you get from working, you know, people talk about working in the business versus on the business. The further you get to working on the business, the less you're subjected to it. Therefore, it's easier to create that barrier, that wall, the boundary. Right. Um, yeah. But in, until you get to that point, it's always going to be that way. And you've got to learn to em, em, embrace it. And again, this is for everybody out there is that just go into it knowing it's going to be there. It is going to absolutely suck. And you've got to embrace that suck and continue to <laughs> relentlessly execute. Understand it is going to hurt. Anytime, and you have to use that, that hurt as yeah. motivation. I still do it to this day. That's why I have to comment yeah. on bird dogs comment to, to kick off the show. That I, don't know, I don't know who this guy is. It was so I, petty. I've just you went seen on a him. YouTube I've comment. seen his name <laughs> for, for two years, three years, five years, six years, however long I've seen it. I don't know him. I don't know his Never name. I don't know what he's comments, about. Man. But he accused me of something that wasn't true, and it got into my crawl, and I can't shut the fuck up about it, right? It's it, Again, my ego is the size of Mars <laughs> in comparison to, 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 <laughs> to the, the globe. And I, and I just – I've got to, to say exactly how I feel about it because it's, it's not the truth. And so I have to – If to you have an ego, you better back it up with a fuckload of passion, and, and you do that. <laughs> So you're you're you know most people. You also have to back up that eagle with actual facts and truth. And if you can do that, you know what? That is the key to mental health. Because you know what, AJ? I have learned so many hard lessons in my lifetime. Ultra hard lessons. And Some of my lessons, or no, make that a lot of my lessons involved me watching what happens to people as they go through their lives. And some of what happens to people is some horrific shit. And I see that every day. And what I always tell myself is, I analyze what happened to that person, right? And I make sure I do not do what that person did to get themselves in that position. Mm. And let me, and let, me, let me double down on this, too. You said something at the start of this show, and when I'm, when I'm challenging you to take that week off, and it's, it's up to you to what you want to share with your customers, you said you adopted your child, right? The sacrifice yeah. that you, as a dad, the sacrifice that your wife, as a, as, a, as a mom, have had to undergo to do that. There is nothing more difficult in the world than, than that. Yeah. And you deserve all the fucking respect for deciding to take that on and bring that into your house. And I mean that from the bottom of my fucking heart. You deserve all the respect for it. And if you're not granted that respect for doing something so fucking selfless so fucking selfless to love another child as your own. That is your child that you are raising, that you are giving life to, that you are breeding into the type of person that you see fit to become a productive member of society. That is the most selfless thing a human being can do. And if they can't grant you an ounce of fucking respect to take a fucking week and get your feet under you, they can go fuck themselves. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You deserve every ounce of that respect. 
I've been blessed, uh, beyond blessed. Um, I'm a Christian and literally I, I take nothing for granted and, you know, I'm not going to bring any of that in to the podcast, but, you know, I've had a lot of trials and I've had a lot of failures. And as a business owner, you have to watch what other people do. You have to learn from their mistakes and, you know, seeing mental health, the struggles my mentor had with it really bolstered my need to analyze myself. And, and, you know, it's just a part of taking a risk. Anytime you take a risk, you're vulnerable. You, you, you open yourself up to failure. And, you know, for me, I learned that at a pretty damn young age and I try to make calculated risks when I can. I try to really, really, really enjoy the good times when I have them because I know that there will be failures coming right after them. Um, and it's not that I don't spend times with my kids. Like I only schedule four days of work a week because I know it's going to rain. I know it's going to be above 15 miles per hour. It's going to be windy. Um, you know, maintenance gets slotted into some of those days. But when I say I work 80 hours a week, I mean, I'm working 14s when it's sunny, <laughs> when, it's, when, I'm, when I'm able to. But I, you can't pay me to work on Sundays. You, you, can't, you can't pay me to not see my kids when I put them to bed. Um, there's some things, there's some lines that I, I just have a moral code for. And, you know, and my daughter, when I, when I adopted her, I was only 20. You know, I had, I had, I had, I had to make a gut check decision, you know, decide the wow. type of person I wanted <laughs> to be. And, you know, everything's worked out for me. I'm not saying that everybody's gonna fail as much as I have in life or anybody's going to succeed as much as I have in life, but just realize anytime you take a chance, a risk, you have courage and you do a brave thing, you're vulnerable at that point too. And realizing that, that bravery is vulnerability um, really changes your mindset on, you know, how to handle those failures. Mm-hmm. Let's we're 1030. Let's open it up to questions. What questions do you have for us? Uh, big thing for me, which is really funny. <laughs> they're gonna be six hours. They're gonna be six hours into this and still be mm-hmm. going. That's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, so nitro. <laughs> I need to go run pulling God. a tire behind me after this. I am so amped up right now. You have I'm no idea. <laughs> Nitrification <laughs> inhibitors oh, essentially uh... retard bacterial activity, right? Um, can you yes. reapply those in your program? No. Or apply no. them separately from a granular Hard. fertilizer? Hard. Uh, hey, Hard. Hang on. At the no, same apply- treatment? You, you, you need to apply them at the same time, right? Because of the, the rate of suppression is so quickly overcome because we talk about applying we laugh at these people that apply microbes to soil because native bacteria and fungal populations are going to very, very, very swiftly cannibalize on that and and make, make no endpoint, right? Uh, No impact with nitrification inhibitors or denitrification inhibitors or urease uh, inhibitors. Same exact thing. The soil is going to overcome that so quickly that the rate of effect is going to go right back. So it has to be, at the same time now this is 
This is something that I've done. I've told other people to do and have only heard great stories with it. I have, and, and people listening to this right here are going to tell me or tell any, anyone that attempts this that they're dumb, and I'll, I'll put good money on it. Um, you can apply a granular fertilizer and spray simultaneously a denitrification inhibitor, 100%. That's what I was wanting to hear. So okay. say you go source uh, 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 a, a DCD MBPT, and, um, and mm-hmm. what you're going to notice in the label of that is that you're going to have, uh, a, depending on the formulation, but a, a portion of the label will be for coating fertilizer. Portion of the label will be to treat UAN concentrate, right? And then you have to math into it from there based on how much of that material would be, you know, say it's on uh, the, the rate is, uh, uh, and I'm, I'm going to do this for, this for the sake of math, um, 2,000 pounds of fertilizer, one ton is going to take 200 ounces, right? Uh, and so uh, uh, effectively for whatever that, uh, what that works out to is going to be 0.1 ounce for every pound of fertilizer. Say you are applying... Yeah. Um, three pounds per thousand of that fertilizer, then that would be 0.3 ounces per thousand square feet would be the rate that you need to apply. Does, does that make sense? Now, yeah. I'm using arbitrary numbers. You'll have to look at the label, different formulations. No, You're going to see yeah. a 10% DCD, 10% ABBT. Like here we have uh, uh, active ingredients, 90% DCD in, in Hydrex right here, right? And so um, you know, you would have to, you would have to math into it from there. Um, I will say right, me I'm gonna personally, the next question is you already I answered have, it, man. 100%. I have always preferred DCD plus NBPT, uh, mm-hmm. then I have, uh, just DCD or just NBPT. So the blend of what the two of those, with ammonium sulfate? um, again, I would do an NB, uh, t- theoretically DCD, DCD does, right? uh, huh. Um, Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, here's the thing that I would be extremely cautious of. If saving money messes me up, causes an adverse effect, or has unintended consequences, or makes anything less efficacious, then I have not saved any money at all. Couldn't agree with you more. I have test plots in my backyard, and I'm away for a 103-degree day before I sling it on a 1,000-square-foot plot before it goes on a customer's yard. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But then then, this is where, you know, when when I'm in my business, you know what I'm not doing? Do you know what I'm actually not doing? Uh, I am not looking for ways to save money. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Shit. I when, am. when I'm making the grass green, I'm like, fuck it. Let's send it. But then when I'm at home in the office and I'm like, do I really love this supplier this much to eat this bag of dicks right now? Because I see this price okay. over here. You know. Uh, Here's. It's, and you, and here's There's the other thing, sure. is that, okay, AJ, everybody is shocked at what I actually cost. But do you know why I cost what I do? 
Yeah, your prices are insane. Listen, I don't. I'm higher than everybody. No, your prices are bananas. No, no because that way, I don't spend four hours every night in front of a spreadsheet trying to juggle numbers. Okay, I don't want to do it. Okay, I don't want to do it. And at the end of the day, it ain't productive. And for another thing. With the kind of people that I deal with, the moment they think that you're doing something cheap, aloha, you're gone. What's the saying, Ray? Gone. Looking cool ain't cheap, and looking cheap ain't cool. Exactly. I mean, I, I, I actually, I embrace that one right next to that. Quote from James Beard. I'm here. Okay, for I embrace quotes, that Ray. one too. I'm yeah, thank to you, Ryan. You're, you're... Ray, your prices. If you only had a site one, like you could only get your shit from site one. Like, what's your price? That'll be that'll, that'll be the that'll be the reality <laughs> TV show that we do. Is we're gonna just go you know, to different cities. You know, AJ. We'll make, here's the thing: is that make on a that one, there's supplier prices. I get. Yeah. I get treated very well by Nutrien and Simplot. And Simplot, and they, they have some very nice reps. They really want no, the and, and, no, and they, and they have deals. some... No, they have good products, okay? That's the bottom line, is that they have good products because, you know, when I walk into a supplier, most of the time, they're almost dreading my appearance. They're dreading it. Almost is probably an <laughs> understatement. Yeah, uh, I will say real quick, finding a good supplier, guys, that's not site one, will help you immensely. I'm not saying get your information on what to apply from them, but getting a contact who you can talk to about getting products that you want to try and test out is a huge time mm-hmm. saver. Because if you're trying to buy a bunch of random shit online, it's going to be infinitely longer than just having a number on your phone. You can just text and say, Hey, I need a bag of this. I need a bottle of this. And, and building that relationship can help you a lot in the long run. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet at the same time, the same people that dread my materialization, they're the same people that essentially when a new product breaks into the market, I'm the first guy to know about it. Yeah. Okay. I'm the first guy to know about it because they say, okay. Go for it. But the whole point is, AJ, is Mm. know what your product, you know, the product that you're providing is worth and charge accordingly. Charge accordingly. Okay. And, And not only that, you know what I don't do? I don't compare myself to others. Yeah, no, you can't. Okay, because Um, all I'm interested in is doing what I'm doing as best as I can do it. And to, to, to further that, it's like I remember telling somebody, literally, I give zero fucks what your last landscape person did. Okay, I don't give a fuck. Because if he was so good... Why do you have me and not him? Yep. (laughs) Okay. All right. Next question. Soft water. 
sorry, so soft Not. water. Yeah. Which pesticides <laughs> should you avoid when using soft water? All of them. All of them. Gotcha. Do all not use them. treated water at all. None. Mm-hmm. Zero. Please don't. Yeah, please don't. And the reason why I'm going to tell you please don't is because softened water is alkaline to an unpredictable degree. And on top of that, please think about this because I had some moron kill their landscape by supplemental watering their plants with a hose that was tapped into their soft water system. I mean, they were literally giving their plants water full of sodium. Yeah. So no soft water. So in a low volume application, is that also true? Yes. Yes, you don't yeah, want to so, be putting... soft water. Soft water. If and if 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 that's the only thing you have access to, you can go to your water department and you can get it's a not. hookup. I just was. Yeah, I've you, read you, some studies on increasing the efficacy of some, like a surfactant type quality on fungicides. No, because a lot of the time, softened water is going to be treated with, uh, especially today, is going to be treated with sodium chloride. So you're going to have a significant amount of table salt in in your water. Yeah. Sodium chloride. Mm-hmm is no good for grass under any circumstance, no matter the volume that's applied. Sodium in, in plants, period, is a is a giant no-no. Avoid it at all cost. Uh, having, gotcha. yeah, manipulating tank pH to make uh, something more efficacious, um, yes, that is a thing, but typically on moving things up, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head in a high pH situation would be metsulfuron methyl, and even then you need to be careful. Um, uh, what is it, halosulfuron? You're going to see <laughs> yeah, no, a higher no, degree you. of solubility. Um, I'm spraying and, fescue in July, dude. I don't, I don't, yeah, I'm not messing with a sulfuria. I really can't Come think on, of anything in fescue that you're going to be applying that raising the uh, raising water pH, pH is is, is going to be going to be beneficial good. for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So gotcha. even if, if bringing it down and. I'm I'm guessing, but in your area, you're probably going to be like seven and a half, seven seven on uh, on your on your water test. You know, bringing it down, whether that's using a handful of ammonium sulfate in your tank as you're you're mixing in herbs, say you're doing a, a ten gallon mix, adding um, you know a, an ounce of ammonium sulfate to your tank to buffer it just a little bit is probably going to yeah. go a long way. Uh, okay. there's other things that you can add to it that you can add an ounce of and, you know, bring it down. But uh, that's if you need to do that. But, um, yeah, yeah most things that we're going to be dealing with, you would, you would rather be at neutral or slightly acidic. Okay. Uh, as far as PPE requirements, obviously we don't have to wear boots and label the most pesticides, which is odd, just close toed shoe and socks. Um, but fuck that. I'm wearing boots. What's the best What's the best material for people? Here's what I'm going to tell you. As far as boots. Here's what I want to tell you on this is that I have a policy. And this policy came from me dealing with this stuff literally for almost 40 years of my life. And you know what that policy is? Whatever I'm wearing to apply does not go in vehicles or buildings. Whatever footwear I'm, I'm using to apply does not go into my, my vehicle or into any kind of buildings. 
And that's absolute. That's like not negotiable for me. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I okay. mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess the, what about the material of the re- boots? Well, typically waterproof and they'll say chemical resistant on it. I like bogs for no other reason than everybody likes muck boots. Um, and, uh, every, everybody likes mucks. Mucks are great. Uh, and, uh, in whichever one you choose, I like light ones that feel like Nikes on my feet. Um, yeah. and mm-hmm. I typically like just above the ankle risers than I do up the calf risers, uh, just because I, I typically run a, uh, a higher, um, uh, is that like a synthetic than, rubber? Than is that a rubber? Vinyl? No, no, I, uh, I'm looking here to see if I can see what the, uh, because uh, I know there's like a bunch of different Neotech. Um, yeah. If I got specs here, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't uh, say much, but then. Material? Who? Okay, glove material. Glove material, I got to talk to you about that because I see something <laughs> that annoys the fudge out of me. And you know Nitro what that gloves. is? But what kind of nitrile gloves now, AJ? Because there is only one kind of glove that I consider acceptable for handling pesticides. Especially when they're in their concentrated form now. What I want are those thick 10 mil or higher green nitrile gloves that go all the way past my forearms. Because, yeah, by the I way... For the elbow, but I only use those for mixing. Yeah. But I do use nitrile yeah, gloves they, in the field. I don't. I don't. And the reason why I don't is because with me moving around and, you know, my hands always gripping things and whatever, sooner than not, those gloves cut. And yeah. do you know why a cut glove for me is like a sore subject? You guys know why a cut glove is a sore subject? Uh, because the rate of absorption uh, through your hands. No, yeah, and the, the one time I had a cr- no, the one time I had a cut in my glove many years ago. An organophosphate pesticide went through that glove mat and absorbed into my hand. And I wondered why I was feeling so sick for the next week. Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. And fortunately for you, you will never see that pesticide ever again because it's been banned. You won't see it. (laughs) But my point is, is that (laughs) gloves are good provided there's no cuts in them. Because once there's a cut in them or a tear in them or a hole in them, then that glove proceeds to hold that chemical right next to your skin and your pores are opening up in that warm glove so that things are absorbing even faster. At some point, I will say that if somebody doesn't have the appropriate gloves, I rather they be barehanded and wash right? their, yeah, yeah, nitrile, yeah. Okay. But at some point, I, 
if somebody doesn't have the right kind of gloves, I say forget it and just make sure that anything that lands on your skin, you wash off with clean water and soap as soon as it lands, period. Mm. I mean, that's, that's just my, my position on it. And yeah, I keep a hand wash station on my truck. It's like a five gallon cooler smart. with a hand pump soap dispenser. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Smart. Smart, smart. And uh I wash my hands all the yeah. time. <laughs> I just fucking wash it. <laughs> just like my fuck mouth. Right. And that hand wash can come in handy because I remember working out in the field many years ago. Somebody was with me, Matt and and Ryan, and they managed to get Bhopal in their eyes. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Oops. they managed to get that in their eye, but what saved them was the fact that I had all of this hand wash and eye wash water with me on the truck so I could wash out their eyes and then send them into first aid. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm terrified of mixing triclopyr. I got big ass goggles uh-huh. wearing in the spring when I'm mixing because I'm like literally well, you know what, AJ? Will causes permanent eye damage. <laughs> Fuck well, that morning, just, dude. No, just just for fun. I mean, you know, Bhopal is diquat, dicamba, sulfametron, and triclopyr. Jeez. <laughs> we are rolling up on 11 o'clock. I'll give you one more question. What do you got? Um, I don't have any easy questions, man. It's okay. Oh, come on. Throw Who's one out there. there. Oh, I don't, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Taking on subcontract work from a landscaper. You got big clients, big acres. How do you not get burned? Ha! You pay it up ha! front. <laughs> yeah. Either, either. Either paid up front or day of service, like like they're paying you the day of service when you're going to go treat. Um, COD, you get yeah. that on a COD man. Who writes that contract? Yes, an you attorney. do. Do I get a lawyer? Would not hurt. Attorney writes that. A lawyer. Yeah, yeah, and it yep. it would not be expensive to have that. Chances are that you can use something like Chat GPT to write the bones of a contract, right? You tell GPT, I'm a, uh, I'm, uh, a, um, a spray company that is being contracted by a landscape company, and I need the details of a service contract to spell out that um, I will be paid uh, on the day that I make the application before I make the application. And, and then take that to an attorney, and they'll charge you 100 200 bucks to review it. And uh, make whatever changes you need to do, or give you a thumbs up, or no good. And uh, and then you take that to your guy, and you said, if if you want to be a spray guy, I'll be 100% your spray guy. But this is going to be the terms of the deal. And they'll probably and, ask you to move on some things and not on others. But let me tell you, that is a fast way to spend a shit ton of time chasing money. Yeah, so fuck that. Lock I'm it super up. terrified of it. And in in regards to the duration of the contract, do you set a I have this contract for this year. Is that is that a typical part of that contract as well? It can be, yeah, yeah. You can you can make would, it whatever you want. I would you have make to like it... make big changes to get some of these you know bids I put in. You know, and some I just refused because it was like, ah, oh, it's fucking too big. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, 
yes, you can, you can say that if you want me to take this property on, I need it for a minimum of three years to, uh, uh, to make money on the business changes or equipment, whatever my capital expenditures are going to be to take this property on. I need it for at least three years or five years or two years, um, in, in order to, to, to make me whole on it. And, uh, so that's, that has is to be all part of your calculus. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been approached by a few landscapers, but one last month just really fucking was super legit, even like my price. And I had to tell them hey, we're going to have to pump the brakes on this. Cause I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Yeah. I need a tough, big ass tough check. Big check. Yeah. I mean, it was $20,000. It was like 8,000 <laughs> for one property. And then the other ones, it was 20,000, eight times a year. Jesus fucking Christ. If I don't get paid one month, I'm fucked. That's what I was yep. thinking. I was, I was, I just need a $20,000 check every month. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I was going to ask for 20 K up front or something. I, I just, I did. I was Fine. terrified. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. And you know what? And I'm AJ? right now. That is crazy common. Like this time, th- legitimately this time a year ago, if I wanted to buy urea at commodity price, I had to buy a hundred ton minimum and I had to pay cash up front in order for them to deliver it to me. And at the time, urea is a thousand dollars a ton. They wanted a hundred thousand dollars in cash in order to buy urea at commodity. AJ? And that's that you is the state that we are in right now. That is one hundred percent the state of the union right now. Cash. You know what? For the longest time, okay, for the longest time, as long as I've been in business for myself, this has been policy. When I get asked to sub work for somebody else, at minimum, I want 50% of the job in my hands before I will even book a date. Okay, that's just policy now, AJ. And... As soon as I'm done with that job, uh, the lawn has been sprayed, all, all's good, okay, N- other 50% is due. But then you know what? I am not losing my ass on that because even if those people were to get blown up in a volcano and not pay me the other 50%, whatever yeah. Yeah. I charged was sufficient that I wouldn't eat doo-doo would yeah. on the materials that I already put put on, okay? I, I think instead of spending the money on a lawyer to drop this contract, I think what would be better is if you spent the money on a lawyer <laughs> to re-register your business as, I'm not a fucking bank, lawn care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, it was like at my old, my, my mentor never touched stump contracting. I've never done it personally in my business yet. Uh, so it was just, it was way out of left field for me. Um, and then just one tiny little question, what's lead conversion rate? What's a good one, um, for you? For me, uh, I turned down nine out of 10, nine out of 10. You're right. Nine out of 10 get, get told. No, I tell them fairly, fairly high. I was probably closer to 70, Mm -hmm. 70%. Okay. 70 percent that's fucking high. Really high. I would say I would say average is going to be in that fifty-five to forty-eight percent range is normally what I see on the Facebook groups and stuff. 
if I had a yeah, if it's an in person visit, I'm definitely pushing sixty. But if it's just total leads, uh, I as soon as they hear my price over the phone, that's a wrap. Man, I'll tell you one of the things I started doing instead of in-person visits, if people couldn't make it, because so many times I would get screwed over because they got stuck in traffic or whatever, is and this is part of the practice of YouTube, was I would actually walk the property, record a video yep. while I'm talking, walking on the property, and I would send them that video. And, uh, and it was very effective at closing deals as well, too. Yeah. I'm glad all the time. I asked that question. Even even if you don't want to do that, even if you don't want to walk the property and do it, another thing, super cheap. I do it all the time. Uh, there's a bunch of different like street recording apps. Just take a couple pictures on your phone. That way you can collect your thoughts and get everything together. And the other nice thing is that I use I use a thing called Loom. Uh, it's like ten bucks a month. I don't know what it is. Just all I do is just screen record, and then uh, you can put a call to action at the end. You can click a link. It can either take them to their quote. It could take them to whatever you want to, and that way you can see how much of the video they're watching, and then if they're clicking through and where it gets you. So a little bit better than the whole, well, it's going to be $30 for your first app. Hope you like this. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for your time and bringing me up. Yeah. Let me share what I think thanks is useful chat. info, and thanks for all your help, guys. I really appreciate it. 100 Fun two hours. Let's go to the after show and tear some people apart. Uh, 100%. Uh, <laughs> if you've never been there before, patreon.com uh, forward slash burn and return if you want to hang out. Again, this is where adults have adult conversations of adult topics. If you're not into that kind of thing, no harm, no foul. We do not judge you for it at all. 100%. Uh, if you do want to hang out, if you do want uh, to be able to hang out in a community of like-minded people, uh, if you do want help with your business, if you do want to be around a variety of different businesses that are even outside of our industry, whether it's tradespeople or IT people or lawyers, uh, we have literally all of that in our community. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash burn return. It is uh, the, the the value is well beyond what you're you're paying there. Uh, plus, you get access to our bonus content, which uh, I'm really excited about. We've had uh, some uh, mismatch on the uh, on the bonus content the last last little bit here where we've just gone on hung out but this time i have a feeling we're gonna get down we're gonna get dirty we're gonna have a good time and we'll catch you on the flip side Bye. <laughs>